everyone, and welcome to another Cat's Cradle, the show within a show where we something something role-playing games. This week, we're all sitting in the car. Kathleen is driving. I am sitting shotgun. Kirsten is in the back seat. With her in the back seat, we have a very, very special guest who really honestly should be riding shotgun, but I called it, so don't worry about it. I get car sick. Okay. From the Eternity Archives, everybody's favorite interdimensional sad tiefling, it is Bappy. Hello. Yes, it is I, the sad tiefling. Meow. That is the... Okay. <laughs> That's the sound the tieflings Aww. make. <laughs> sad tiefling. No. Listen to the Eternity Archives, Kirsten. It's very good. That's all right. <laughs> so we're all in the car i've i've already i'm trying to set a scene we're all in the car beep beep kathleen is driving and one of us asks hey what would you like to eat and all of us go uh for about five minutes does this sound like your role-playing group obviously it does come on it does yeah it absolutely does so this week on cat's cradle we're going to be talking about how to pick the perfect RPG for the group or for the story you want to tell or the campaign you want to play. Because the world is full of different TTRPGs and you can find the perfect one for the experience you're hoping to craft if you know where to look. We are helped in this by our special guest because for those of you who do not know the Eternity Archives, they play a different game every arc. I've feasted at many tabletop establishments like McDonald's or KFC's. Mm -hmm. I went to an Applebee's once. God damn. I don't know what the tabletop equivalents would be. Please don't make me compare who is McDonald's. Oh, no, that's easy. That's Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, that's D&D. &D. Yeah, D&D &D is the yeah. McDonald's in this metaphor. The, the other ones, I don't know. Don't make me do that. Well, the great thing is Wendy's is still Wendy's. It's true. I guess there is a Wendy's tabletop game, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, there is. There absolutely is. Don't ask me anything about it. The only thing I know is that it exists. But now that I've done an intro, and I think we can all agree it's an excellent intro. Now the time has come to have intelligent discussion on the topic. Oh, God. This was a mistake. <laughs> so I suppose I'm going to start by talking about the game that we play here on Sword of Symphonies, which is Heroic Chord. And as much as I would love to tell you, listener, that it is the perfect game for all occasions, turn off the podcast now, I feel like that would be a little intellectually dishonest of me. Because Heroic Chord has a very particular vibe. It is a big adventure game. So like games like D&D &D and Pathfinder, it's meant to play long form adventure stories. That's not always going to be what you're into at any given time. It features little to no conflict with humans. Again, that may not be what your table is into at this moment. Maybe your table really wants to kick a guy in the ass. Yeah, you can't overthrow a single king in Heroic Court. There aren't any of them anymore. There aren't any. They are all gone. There's not even like a little one? There might be little ones. Okay. Just like a little king on a little hill. <laughs> A little with a little throne, yeah, a little guy, a little, a little guy, guy that I can overthrow. You wouldn't overthrow a little guy. 
Oh, fucking watch me. <laughs> it's um it's so it's got a very different vibe from a lot of other indie games like you look at Olivia Hill's I Hunt, for example, is a very kind of punk class conscious fighting monsters in the gig economy, urban, definitely a lot grittier than Heroic Chord. It's it's very very good. But if we were to play a game right now, right this very now, instead of having a discussion episode, what's everybody in the mood for? What, like, like actually? Actually, if we were to play a TTRPG literally right now, what kind of RPG would you feel like playing? Honestly, uh, when I'm just kind of put on the spot, <laughs> probably yeah. Monster of the Week, because that's what yeah. I am comfortable with but i know that is not necessarily your favorite kind of game to go with this is true <laughs> this is which now we're already at an impasse or and now yeah. we have to we have to figure out how to work around this because now it's like okay well now this is in the maybe column so you know is there a game people do feel strongly about i don't hate pbtas i just don't like them mm-hmm. yeah and that's valid like it's a very simple resolution system it's not very grindy or crunchy. Yeah. And I do like crunchy stuff. Like these kind of like crunchy light. I feel like maybe maybe like medium crunch. And I enjoy that. I don't hate Dungeon Dragon either. Like I, I'll be honest with you. I'll play Dungeon Dragon if that's what we're in the mood for. Mm-hmm. I don't hate it. And actually my distaste for PBTAs has been tapering off because I've been having a lot of fun playing my masks group. And also... I don't know if I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this listener, but Erin can uh, come to my apartment and fight me if she wants. I've been playing in the playtest for the Super Idols RPG that has been just super fun. I've genuinely enjoyed that, despite my lack of love for PBTA games. <laughs> so you should be careful because she could literally come to your apartment and fight you. <laughs> she could do one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> Kirsten, Kathleen, what about you two? What would you feel like playing right now if we were to play an RPG? I'm going to take this time to shamelessly plug one that we've talked about before that we created. I came here to win. If you're into some silly reality TV nonsense, check it out. It's a very different approach to role-playing games than, you know... um, fighting monsters or things like that. But it's, uh, yeah, so if that's, you kind of want to take a session just to be ridiculous reality TV people, give it a try. It's pretty fun. But I've also really enjoyed playing Paranoia. It's been a long time, so I don't have a super clear remembering of all the mechanics and stuff, but I remember it's super, super fun. Very, like, gritty you start to mistrust everyone on your team because that's the point and it's uh yes if you're into something more on the dark spectrum of games it's i've really enjoyed it it's it's very psychological noir thriller (laughs) it's it's like if 1984 was a comedy yeah yeah that's that's very apt i am intrigued yeah that's a good time it's a good time it's a game about a dystopian future where uh humankind is kept just like drugged out of their minds and overseen by a quote unquote benevolent computer. Oh. That utterly rules over every aspect of their existence. 
Treason against friend computer is not only impossible, it's unthinkable. It is. Every character is a traitor to friend computer. <laughs> oh yeah, every character is a traitor. One of my favorite things about Paranoia is that the manual starts with all mutants are traitors. Hunt down and exterminate mutants. They can't be permitted. You turn a couple pages and it's like, so your character's a mutant. Oh no. <laughs> yep. It's very much playing this grim dystopia for laughs. It's a bizarre contrast. Paranoia is a lot of fun. Usually the missions are something seemingly simple, like changing a light bulb for a street lamp in one of the sectors. That was the mission I ran for you guys. Upsy Upsy in Sector Daisy. Yep. I think I died in the elevator because... No, that was Got Jimmy. pushed by a traitor. No, Sean pushed Jimmy down the elevator shaft before oh, we even right. got to the mission. That's right. Right, right. Can't trust those guys. So, Kathleen, what's your vote for what we play right now? Well, right now, I think we probably play something improv heavy and low prep, like the game that I am contractually obligated to is. mention. Here it comes. <laughs> Just Ghost Echo. Yeah, Ghost Echo! <laughs> because it's a um, simple game. You can make dramatic stuff happen real easy, real fast. You can play it in any sort of situation you want to. It's real freeform. It's great. Or maybe something like Lasers and Feelings or a similar roll-under game, like a two-stat roll-under game. Like mm -hmm. all of these indie improv-heavy, simple resolution mechanics, especially because I'm driving the car right now and I got to keep my eyes on the road. Absolutely. I'll, I'll roll for you. I'll roll for you. Okay. I, yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Should we be playing a game if Kathleen is driving? I feel like that's dangerous. I've actually, I've played TTRPGs on road trips before. Oh, okay. It's great. And that's the follow-up question. How long are we on the car for? Like, if we're going to be driving all the way to, like, I don't know, Florida or somewhere. Let's go to Florida. Maybe we're going to need some more time to kill, and maybe that's time to roll up some Blades in the Dark stuff. Oh. See, here comes my eternal vote. My eternal vote is Golden Sky Stories. It's my favorite TTRPG of all time. But if we're going to be in the car for, like, oh, like, days and days, I think I kind of want to play Ryutama. Yeah. And you may be asking yourself, Kat, why'd you ask everybody that ridiculous question? And the answer is, I felt like it. I feel like you told me we we're going to Disney World and actually you just kidnapped me and we're going to go play TTRPGs in the car. Are we actually going to Disney World? I thought we were going to Miami. That's where <laughs> I'm driving. Anyway, <laughs> <so> <laughs> there's a lot of different axes on which a game kind of hits. Kirsten brought up how different I Came Here to Win is. That's probably because, unlike the other games we've all mentioned, I Came Here to Win is GM-less. Sometimes nobody in your group feels like GMing, and there's a ton of GM-less TTRPGs that are perfect for a group that doesn't want one person to have to do all the prep. Kathleen hit on something that's super important. That is, is anybody in the mood to do any prep right now? Do we just want to play Ghost Echo or Laser's Feelings and randomly generate what happens? Things like how much cognitive load a game requires, 
both before playing and while playing, are an important part of determining whether it's a good fit for your group or for your next story. Babby brought up Monster of the Week, which is not super involved on the prep level, certainly not a Dungeon Dragon, but much more involved than Laser's Feelings. Mm -hmm. But it still is nice and structured. It's, you have yes. the distinct phases of the hunt. You've got, um, like any playbook-based game, a pretty clear idea of what sort of thing you are supposed to be doing. Babby also hit on something really important when it comes to picking the right game for your group, and that's familiarity. One of the big selling points of PBTA games is that once you've played one, you pretty much know how to play a PBTA game. I think the one exception is Masks, which adds more additional mechanics than most PBTA games do. But aside from that, if you've played one, you get PBTA. Like, you can pick up any of them now. And so sometimes your group doesn't want to sit down and learn all new mechanics. Sometimes they want to play a cool adventure story without having to focus too much on learning a new rule set and learning how to do like extensive character builds. Mon Week is perfect for that. Kirsten also brought up something. So did Kathleen. Is tone. Kirsten clearly has a hankering for a comedy game. And there's... So many TTRPGs that will let you play silly. Like Paranoia. Paranoia varies. Paranoia is a unique case because um, they've actually released multiple rule sets, some of which are more slapstick than others. So depending on which edition of Paranoia you're playing and even which mode within that edition, you're going to get kind of a sillier experience or a more straightforward dystopia experience. Which one has the clowns? Zap mode. Fifth edition oh, zap there's, mode. There's an actual answer. Okay. There goes my bit. I, I'll just fucking leave now, I guess. There goes the bit. Send out the bit. Send in the clowns. And Kathleen is clearly looking for something darker. I often am, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's Kathleen. Kathleen wants to play Ghost Echo and Blades in Dark because... Uh, I believe angsty drama goth? Yeah, then like spooky monsters and big bad consequences make for good drama. Mm, yeah, you're not wrong. So, I think that probably the thing then to do is like, well, we're a good dozen miles from the next exit. Mm -hmm. So, how can we square the circle? How can we... Find out, like, well, what's everyone's taste? Can we find something that will work for us right now? Okay. I think the biggest thing to square away is the fact that I'm in the mood for something fluffy and you are in the mood for something dark. Mm -hmm. Babby has a very kind of particular rule set that they've got in mind. And I think Kirsten just wants to watch the world burn. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, no, I, that, that, that tracks. I could do all that with Monster of the Week, probably. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like doing Mon Week prep? See, the great thing about Mon Week is I don't have to do prep because I am just that familiar with the rules. And also, I've just written so many throwaway adventures that I've never used. I just have stuff in the back catalog of my brain. Just okay. ready to whip it out whenever we're going to go to Disney World. Okay. And this listener 
is why if you are an experienced GM and you like doing it, it can be easy to get a group together. Oh, yeah. I had a Ryutama group for a while just because I rolled up and was like, play this game with me. I will run it. I promise. Yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time. I love Ryutama. I really found both Ryutama and Golden Sky stories. They're obviously different in in a lot of ways, but they have a, a tone that's very like, I don't know, like, how would I describe it? You know those animes which are like kids going out to the forest and exploring the world and it's just very like wholesome without being overly saccharine? That's kind of the feeling I get from both of them. Yeah. The genre is referred to as honobono, which translates loosely to heartwarming. Oh. It's an entire genre of TTRPGs out of Japan and one that I'm very, very enamored with. Well, and I, I feel like a lot of the games we've mentioned... They may have a particular tone, but there are variants you can use as well. So if you're in the mood to tweak it a little bit, I feel like all the games you mentioned have that ability too. Okay. So what we're looking for as a group is an easy to play dark comedy PBTA. Is that right? That seems to be kind of what we've settled on this week. Okay. Well, see, I feel bad because I feel like I forced you into PBTA. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. This is a hypothetical. <laughs> okay. You actually can't make me play one. <laughs> yeah, but I have. <laughs> you have. You have and you do. And so yeah, so I think your, your point is moved. <laughs> I have a weekly, I have a bi-weekly masks game. Like, I, I play them. Um, I think there's this real difficulty when a group sits down to play a TTRPG. Maybe they're really used to Dungeon Dragon, as a lot of role-playing game groups are. And they're just like, what now? What, what do now? What play now? And there are so many different games. Listener, you know that there are so many games. Go to the website itch.io search the physical games section and just type in the name of something you like. Cats. No, wait. No, 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 no. I take that back. I take that back. First of all, without even doing that, I know of at least two cats RPGs. God damn it. Here's a game called Cat Power. Cats can exist in a place that is outside time and space. Honestly, that sounds bananas, and I'm for that, it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, this looks rad. <laughs> oh, Ursa Dice. I think I know who. Oh, they also did Krampus on Campus. What have you done? Run, none, run. Um. Oh, this is a sad place where ghosts live. That's where I know them from. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> The indie TTRPG scene is full of what I would refer to affectionately and with a great deal of love as bananas nonsense. Absolute bananas nonsense. Let's see. I'm going to search itch.io and I'm going to call out somebody on this call because somebody on this call loves tokusatsu. Mm, who could that possibly be? Who could it be? Not, no, what? Who Don't look at okay. me. Everyone keep your eyes forward. Um, well, there's Lumen Rider. There's Troika Satsu. There's a Tokusatsu themed Troika supplement. That sounds wild. Okay, that sounds 
fucking awesome. Wow, that sounds extremely cool. There's Henshin World, the Tokusatsu PBTA, which... But my point is that if there's something you're interested in, you can absolutely just, like, search physical games, type it in itch.io and find something. And that something is going to be created probably by a small creator. Uh, I, I have one suggestion that I'm, like, interested in. Yes. What about, like, slime molds or, like, funguses? Oh. Are there games about funguses? I think there are. Yes. There is a single-player fungus dungeon crawl called You Cannot Kill Me in a Way That Matters, which was made as part of the Carta Jam. Ooh. That was good. All the Carta games were good. The Fungin Crawler. And single-player, you said? Yes. Ah, which is, uh, is a kind of another offshoot. I, I'm not going to, like, divert to too much. But, like, when you think of, like, one-shots and things like that, games that you can kind of play on, on your own, like, just for, like, ah, I have a couple hours this evening, is kind of a one-shot on your own kind of thing. Kirsten's about to roll out of the car and play the Fungin game on her own. She'll see us <laughs> there. I'm not rolling out of no cars. I don't have the acrobatics for that. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 encourage Kirsten to keep her seatbelt on, please. Oh, by the Safety way, first. if you're sitting in the back, that you're um, you're Kirsten's babysitter. Oh, you all do know that the car doesn't run if the seatbelts aren't attached, though, right? Wait, really? Oh, oh, that's why everyone's honking at us. Yeah. Oops. Let me. Uh... Oops. Click that back in. So if you check indie design websites like itch.io or drive through RPG and just kind of search for things that interest you, you'll find them. Subject matter, you can find an RPG about virtually anything. I mean, one of my go-to examples for people who aren't already familiar with indie RPGs is Honey Heist, which you have two stats, bear and criminal. Oh, it's so good. It's a fun game. I would also like to suggest IndiePressRevolution.com. Indie Press Revolution. There's a good source. Yep. As you can tell by the title, it's about Indie Press. And subsequently, Revolutions, I suppose. So, I have a question for our special guest. Oh, no. Uh, how does the Eternity Archive find new game? Oh, you see, we have a Google Drive filled with many games that we think are very cool, interesting, and we just drop them in. And then when it's our turn to GM, we go look in the drive and we're like, oh, yeah, I put this in here like two years ago. Let's play it. <laughs> Am I allowed to behind the scenes the Eternity Archives a little bit go, here? Go for it. Go for it. Listener. Listener. The lead time on the Eternity Archives is measured in eons. It's geographically <laughs> relevant. You can carbon date them. It's called the Eternity Archives because that's how fucking long it takes for an episode to publish. <laughs> so what you guys do then is you're constantly kind of on the lookout. Is that what I'm hearing for, yeah. for new and interesting games and just dumping in, in the drive when you find them? Yeah, I mean, that's basically the whole concept of the attorney archives was like 
We wanted to do a podcast, but what did we want to do a podcast about? We could pick a game, but there's so many games out there. Oh, what if we just did a different game every single episode or whatever? And so pretty much it's like, I guess we can have endless content for as long as we want to do this, as long as people are going to write tabletop games, mm. which I'm sure will be forever until the sun explodes. So yeah. yeah, you will have Eternity Archive content until the sun explodes and maybe beyond that, honestly. Who knows? So the Eternity Archives had the question that we started the episode with, which was, what do we feel like playing? And everything. answered everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. Genuinely. <laughs> Genuinely, I love that very much. And like, there's no reason that you, listener, could not just rip that concept straight off. It's an award-winning premise. <laughs> I think it that is. could be great fun for a campaign. Just like, okay, we're gonna do Beam Saber this week, then we're gonna do Honey Heist, then we're gonna do... I don't know, only Jeff showed up this week, so we're gonna do... You are trapped in a room with Adam Driver and he's reading you his script. Such a good game. Have you ever played You Are Quarantining with Adam Driver and he is insisting on reading you his new script? I have. It's so it's good. good. It's so good. It's That's such, such an a... oddly specific game. I have not. <laughs> it's such a good game. It's I... a good way to spend an evening, yeah. In addition to having just a really funny title, it's legitimately a fun game. <laughs> you basically just like you roll to kind of randomly generate his response to your feedback as you come <laughs> up with this wild improvised script. Did Adam Driver write this game? <laughs> no, you you have to come up with that part, too, which is at first really daunting, but then you settle into it and it's good. And now that I think about the Eternity Archives... And also Prayers in the Static, which is the stream which is being co-hosted by Kendrick of Tales Yet Told and Road to Heaven fame. Because Prayers in the Static does the same thing where they cycle through games, but they're all kind of part of a single continuity. But they also cycle through players, so they also, they don't keep the same characters. It's just they are all in one continuity, and I think that's fantastic. Yeah. But also, whenever our dungeon master was like tired or sick or couldn't prep or wanted a holiday i got to take over for a week and when i took over we played golden sky stories so what happened is our DD characters were being manipulated by this like a uh, quasi deity into having these dream sequences where they dreamt there were adorable animal children trying to help each other solve problems and be friends that's very cute yeah <laughs> And so every so often our characters would fall asleep and I would take over as GM. So my bard would be a little bunny rabbit and our assassin would be a little kitty cat. Our wizard would be a little will-o'-wisp and we would be little friends having a little adventure. And I would make us roll on our D&D &D character sheets to see if we realized what was going on. And uh, it was very... Very charming and wholesome, which yeah, I'm sure was not what my D&D &D group wanted, but that's what they got. 
Well, if that's not what they wanted, someone else could have GM'd. But exactly. they didn't volunteer. So we're fucking playing Golden Sky Stories. Yeah. Now, be a goddamn little fox and be cute about it or else. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> so it might be fun if you are in the middle of a long running game and maybe everybody's getting tired of it. Instead of ending the game, maybe take a break and play a different game with the same characters or within the same continuity. There, um, Super Idols does this every now and again, don't they? Yeah, Super Idols has been playing Heartbeats and Perfect Sync as a kind of bonus episode that they've been doing for holidays, and those have been absolutely delightful. I have to admit that I thought about Heartbeats and Perfect Sync the second after I finished giving my answers earlier mm. in the episode, because it's another great game with, I think, really elegant mechanics. So... I think I would like to close this episode off, if I may, and I must, by asking for a couple recommendations from everybody. Because as RPG podcasters and RPG designers, there's a good chance that we know a lot more different games than our listener might. So, first of all, I mean, play Heroic Chord. I worked hard on it. But, but if, if you don't want to play Heroic Chord, might I interest you in... A game called Shadow of the Demon Lord. It is an extremely dark apocalyptic fantasy. Not post-apocalyptic. That's not what I said. It is apocalyptic. It is currently happening. Has one of the most beautiful level up systems I've ever seen. Plays like a simplified dungeon dragon. If you unironically read the book of Vile Darkness as a teen, Shadow of the Demon Lord might be for you. On the other end of the spectrum, I mentioned it already, but Ryutama is a game about a world where everyone is expected to go on a big journey at some point in their life. It's an adventure game, but it's an adventure game that's more about the weather and the environment and walking and not getting injured than it is necessarily about fighting monsters. It's really more about seeing the sights. My group turned it into a quest to collect cute mascot merch from every town they went to. Yeah, we did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. So if you're looking for something in a D&D mold, maybe pick one of those two. What about everybody else? I'm stuck on the car, car metaphor. Where This isn't like something we want to play in the car, right? This is just <laughs> recommendations no, in general. This is, okay. This, these are recommendations for the audience based okay. on our experiences. <laughs> I really liked Paranoia, as I already stated. And oh, why am I so terrible with memory? Dread is the one with the Jenga tower, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. There's a okay. Good one. Yes. Beautiful mechanic. You literally feel the dread. I could not think of a better mechanic to translate the feel of the game into your own meta space as well. It's it's good. Yeah. Check it out. You can't play it on a road trip. You cannot play Dread on a road trip, but... <laughs> that's the super, super uh, intense version. Yeah, that's, that's hard be, mode. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be feeling Dread the whole ride through. Absolutely. I will shout out some games that we played on the Eternity Archives. I like What's So Cool About Monster Blood. Apparently, there's a whole bunch of What's So Cool About games, mm -hmm. uh, which I would assume use a very similar mechanic where it's kind of like the... What is it? It's like rolling a bunch of D6s and then 
the one special D6 needs to be like higher or lower than the number, like a threshold or something. Um, but I really like that. Uh, I just really like the flavor of the what's so cool about Monster Blood stuff as well. If you're like into that kind of Bloodborne type aesthetic, I would recommend that. And kind of, you know, on the opposite spectrum, tonally speaking, is Wild Sea, where it is a post-apocalyptic world, but the world has been overrun by trees and people sail ships amongst the treetops. And it's kind of like a weird, strange adventure type of game. It's very cool and neat. And if you want to build a boat, you can build a really cool boat. Heck yeah, cool boat. Heck yeah, cool boat. I would like to circle back around to Heartbeats in Perfect Sync by Nathan Blades. It's a roll-under game with a lot of Persona influences. And the thing that's most intriguing to me about it is that it's got a system that kind of combines your dice and your HP so that... As your heart rate climbs higher or lower, you are more capable of rolling good on your dice. But if your heart rate goes above 10 or under 1, you become heartbroken and bad things happen. So it's got a little bit of that riding the edge that a lot of those games have. And I think it's great. That sounds fucking dope. Yeah. We love a push and pull mechanic. And for campaign play, I will often recommend go to Itch or wherever you want and find a Blades in the Dark hack based on your favorite genre. Like, you into Harry Dresden stuff? Are you into Star Trek? You want to do fighting anime robots? You want to do cool cyberpunk gig economy workers delving too deep into a spooky subway? There's a cool Blades in the Dark hack for you. Also, as I often say, like I love like really elegant dice mechanics, and Blades of the Dark just does it for me. Yeah. That's okay. I know I said that that was the last thing, but you and also you, Bappy, have reminded me of something that's really great, and that's if you find a system you love that's got lots of hacks, I mean, you're pretty much set, right? Mm-hmm. Like I did a quick Google. There's what's so cool about kobolds. There's what's so cool about fantasy adventurers. The original was what's so cool about outer space. There's loads of blades hacks. There's tons of PBTA games. Even if you don't want to learn a new system mechanically, you can often find a different experience within the same mechanical system. Thanks to the hack culture of indie RPGs. Yeah, even like... Some games are basically just a reskin, but the mechanics will hit differently, I feel like, from genre to genre. No, you're absolutely right. Skinning is like a big part of the thematics of a game, even if it doesn't reach all the way to the central mechanics. It's still a part of how you interpret the mechanics and how you play the game. You're absolutely 100% right. So, listener, we're, if I know anything about geography... Roughly in Winnipeg right about now? Are we starting Canada? <laughs> How else are Kirsten and I going to get there? I Yeah. You're going to make me and Kathleen go up to... Okay, fine. <laughs> Look, Bappy, it could be worse. We could be in Montreal. 
so we're going to get on the next off-ramp out of here, but it has been a delight talking to you. Listener, I hope that we've given you some food for thought for the next time that you've got to pick out a new game to play. And, I mean, push comes to shove, I hope we've at least given you some new games to check out. And, of course, because this is the game design podcast, I would be remiss if I didn't say, hey, make the game you want to play. It can be a lot of fun. It's, I love yeah. it. I love making games. It's my favorite thing to do. Yeah, you should hit up Kat on the internet and be like, hey, Kat, how do you do this thing? And you can hit Kat up on the internet <laughs> on Twitter at Peach Garden RPGs or using the web form on our website, sortofsymphonies.com. If you would like to support us monetarily, we have a Ko-fi link and a Patreon. But Regardless, whether you just listen, whether you do the whole algorithm feeding thing somehow, or just tell a friend about us, thank you very much. Yeah. And, of course, our very dear guest. Babby, where can our beloved listeners find you? Hi, you can find me on Twitter at BappyGoLucky. You can also find... The podcast I am on, the Eternity Archives, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. I'm pretty sure we're on everything. Just do a little searchy search. Our Twitter is the Archives Pod. Is that correct? I feel like yes. you know mine. So, okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is correct. Awesome. Nailed it. Smooth. Well Perf- Ten point landing. <laughs> yeah, check us out. We play Heroic Horde at one point. Mm-hmm. It's really it's neat. And if you want to hear us play the games I mentioned, What's So Cool About Monster Blood and Wild Sea, we also play those. So you can hear how to play those games before you introduce it to your friends. And they're going to be like, wow, you're so smart and knowledgeable. And you're going to be like, yeah, I learned it off the Eternity Archives. Yeah. Results may vary depending on your friend group. No, they're not going to vary. It's going to be like that every time. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Your friends will always think you're so cool for listening to a tabletop role-playing game podcast. (laughs) And you know what? We think you're so cool for listening to a tabletop role-playing game podcast listener. So thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network. The year is 2225, and the end of the universe is nigh. Welcome to the Junket Podcast. The Junket Podcast is an actual play and really gay TTRPG adventure currently running the Maelstrom campaign, a science fiction take on Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition featuring spaceships, space aliens, and a whole bunch of space gays. Follow a found family of misfits and miscreants on a cosmic caper that features science and magic, love, loss, and a whole lot of laughter. Who knows, maybe they'll even save the universe or something along the way. Did that tickle your fancy? If it did, new episodes launch every other Thursday at 5pm GMT on all major and minor podcasting platforms. See you soon, 
in the Maelstrom Galaxy.